Hello, my name is Camille. And my name is Stephanie. And we're back with another conversation on the 1999 Beauty Podcast. Today, we're speaking with Shape Delano, who is the founder of Kind Regards, which is a brand that is focusing on workwear, like modern workwear for women, and also creating a new conversation about what it means to be a woman working today, whether that's paid work, unpaid work, regardless of how you want to define your work, Chope wants to talk to you and hear from you. And we were made aware of kind regards and Chope through an open letter she published on her Instagram that went viral, which was essentially debunking this idea of girl boss culture and outlining the issues that she had with it, but also that many other people have with it and what it's creating within the culture for women working. So in this episode, we discuss how social media has affected work culture. We debunk this term girl boss and speak to Chapre about how she hopes to steer the working women conversation in a new direction. We hope you enjoy. So if you can start by telling us a bit about yourself and what inspired you to start Kind Regards. Sure. So hi, guys. I'm Shope. I'm a brand strategist and more recently founder of Kind Regards, which is a workwear brand for creative, dynamic, self-defined working women. And I think there's two threads of inspiration behind why I decided to start the brand. Um, On the one side, practically, I've always worked in creative industries, like straight out of university, I was working in startups. After that, I was a consultant. Um, I had a short stint as like a blogger influencer for a while. So I've never had an appetite or a need for the classic um, corporate, slightly archaic professional workwear. Um, and I've always looked at peers and friends of mine, like fellow marketers, consultants, artists, how we dress was never reflected in these workwear brands. Um, so I saw a big kind of product opportunity there. And then on the flip side, from like a narrative perspective, I never felt seen or represented by any of the women in work conversations. Um, I wrote this open letter that kind of went semi-viral on Instagram that was all about this. But basically, I feel like there is a very narrow conversation happening whereby um, only one archetypal type of professional woman is celebrated and is brought to the forefront and if you don't fit that very narrow mold you just apparently don't exist (laughs) like you don't work like you don't actually you know make money or exist in society which of course isn't actually the case Um, so I was really keen to start a new conversation around self-definition which is defining work on your own terms outside of top-down expectations um, And in a way that acknowledges the full depth of how women work, which isn't just the money-making kind, but it's also, I think, as I wrote in the letter, the pick-up screaming baby without losing your mind kind. It's domestic work, emotional work. There's so much other work that women do that isn't being had by the conversation. So, So, yeah, a mix of like me wanting to wear cool, chic clothes and me wanting to have better, more nuanced conversations around women in work. Yeah, and I... It just so that everything you just said is so in line with how we feel about beauty that there's this one look. I mean, social media has been great opening up the conversation and including more people and brands are catching up, but for so long there's been one look of what beauty is and breaking that down in those boxes and 
how a woman should act, look, dress, both in work and in life. Um, there's so much to talk about and change. Um, so we really, really love what you're doing. Oh, amazing. And yeah, it's the same in beauty, isn't it? Like things are moving forward a little bit, but for so long there was there, there was one archetypal way to be beautiful, right? And beauty brands used one type of woman and even like a narrow, like in terms of styles, like makeup styles, there was three or four styles. So, so yeah, there's a bunch of new narratives that I think need to be born. And um, I know you touched a bit on this, but what do you hope to do with kind regards? I hope to um, inspire and equip women to define work on their own terms and to feel comfortable and confident in doing that. And that extends naturally to what we wear. I think I've always... um, I've always expressed myself through clothes, through clothing. Like since I was 15, I had a fashion blog and just loved it all. So feeling comfortable and confident for me is a lot about how I present. Um, And it's also about what I think about myself, right? And the mindset and whether I feel valid and interesting and uh, important and worthy in the work that I do and how I'm spending my time. So really, I think that's what would like keep me warm at night is if there's like, a shit ton of women um, who feel inspired and equipped to define work on their own terms. And how do you think social media has impacted work culture and would love to get your opinion and how do you talk a bit about the whole girl boss term and culture around that? Yeah, so social media um, is a bad thing. That was, I mean, it's great in so many ways, but I think when it comes to work culture, it's essentially birthed this culture of immediacy whereby everyone wants everything now. Everyone seems to be successful now in the current moment. And by successful, I mean, has all of the material things that um, I guess are typical markers of success. And in addition to that, there's Uh, quite a narrow definition of what success looks like so it kind of creates I think this sense of anxiety or that you're running out of time when it comes to your own work trajectory because you feel like a you're not you're not successful because you don't have all of those things but b if you don't have the right kind of things then you're not the right type of successful Um, so it has kind of birthed I think this one size fits all type of success for for work or for a career which is very unhelpful and I think um, in a way stifles creativity and stifles curiosity because it causes you to forget that your path is your own and your unique journey um, your unique past informs your unique journey that's all lost and flattened on the internet like all difference is kind of flattened on the internet, I think. And that is all tied in with the girl boss conversation because um, I think girl boss started as a positive movement, right? Like it was a really positive, feel good uh, statement. And I used to love the term um, and use it in a celebratory light, right? And I think as the conversation evolved, Girl boss took on a mind of its own um, and it became this unachievable 
the pinnacle of successful women. It became this unachievable pinnacle of successful women whereby you were this gorgeous, glossy uh, woman who never had a hair out of place, who could like flip from mother to mentor to founder with ease, who had a gorgeous home and great taste in food and music and also a thriving $100 billion business that was giving to charity, right? Like it it became um, this really unrealistic ideal And as a result, not only did a bunch of us feel inadequate because we weren't successfully goal-bossing life, but a lot of women who had the goal-boss label placed upon them had very unrealistic expectations placed on them that they were never going to live up to. And as a result, naturally, those women fell from those pedestals because they were unachievable, unhuman pedestals for anyone to be placed on. And it just contributed to this really, I think, toxic conversation of um, criticizing women for being fallible, I guess, and the rest of us feeling inadequate that we didn't live up to this uh, infallible expectation. So, so yeah, it's complex, but I think it's 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 unhelpful and it and 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 it kind of depicted a one size fits all idea of success that none of us felt like we could relate to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just has always felt like such a marketing term that like doesn't really I don't know how to put it, but it's like why can't I just be a working person or a woman without being a girl boss? Like, can I just be a boss? Like, can I just? Um, it, yeah, it's infantilizing as well. Like it's patronizing it's what's me being a girl got anything to do with me being a boss like it's um yeah and with your experience in marketing um what do you see as the future of brand marketing so I see brand marketing becoming ever more important and relevant in the overall marketing mix so I think generally as the internet has become like the stomping ground for growth or for brands and businesses growing there has naturally been a huge focus in uh, data-driven growth and optimization right like growth teams and product teams data teams if you look uh, at the internal makeup of businesses are growing bigger and bigger because there is this new internet world like we don't build businesses on the street anymore we build them on the internet um so as a result of that there's been this um i guess like influx of time and energy into optimization internet driven optimization but i think we're now in a place where like that skill set and capability is maturing and it's becoming a bit of like a commodity skill set in my opinion and with that the thing that allows you to really break through and scale or build loyalty is a great brand is creative integrity is emotional resonance and um so yeah I see in light of that I see brand marketing becoming like so important and there being like a a bouncing back you know where brand marketing becomes I guess like the top of the mix um and businesses are really businesses will really double down on creativity and emotional resonance and being interesting and listening to their customers and 
developing products and messages and stories that are human first as opposed to feature first and that really excites me I think because that's the part of marketing that I love and I really enjoy and when you when you speak to customers or you speak to even when you think about yourself as a consumer the brands that you remember and you hold dear are those that captured you in a certain moment right or resonant or like spoke to a certain feeling that you were feeling so that's where I think it's going and I think that's what I'm most excited about mm-hmm. yeah I know there's so I mean we've we've worked for a couple of different beauty brands and there's been times where it's been very brand focused and there's been times where it's very like growth data focused and I just don't without the brand being there first at least or like being a big part and a big yeah a big part of a business I just don't see the longevity in the data points. I mean, I know that we track so much and we know how to find customers digitally now, but how do you keep that going uh, long-term if there's nothing emotionally connecting you to something? Yeah, I don't know. I I totally agree. Yeah, and I I see, like, I agree. I think brand is the first layer and the optimization is the second layer. And that point about longevity is really important because – I don't think you have longevity without a good brand because the next new brand is going to outbid you or out SEO you or out data track you, you know, in a heartbeat as soon as they've got better capability or Google releases a new feature or Instagram changes their algorithm. Um, When it comes to like long-term durability and sustainability as a business, loyalty with your customers, right? I think that comes from having that strong, emotionally resonant brand. Mm-hmm. And switching gears a bit to beauty, uh, can you take us through your daily beauty routine morning and night? Yes, of course. So um, my morning routine is quite, I would say, quick. I'm like always in a rush in the morning because I love sleep. Um, so I'll get up, I'll do like a four-step, five-step um facial routine which involves like an oil cleanse and then like a gel cleanser I'll then probably use um like a water-based toner or something really hydrating like a hyaluronic acid um serum then a moisturizer makeup wise I keep it quite um simple as well like four or five products um I'm a big brow person like I like a clean brow so I'll use like a brow pomade or maybe I'll just use a clear one if I don't want anything too heavy I love mascara um a bit of concealer some lip liner um and then I'm good to go really and I take some supplements as well so um I'll have like a multivitamin a probiotic um and like some collagen powder in my coffee if I'm feeling adventurous (laughs) And then my nighttime routine is probably a bit more involved. I like to set the mood. Like I'm a very like mood setting person. So I'll light a candle. I'm really enjoying lemongrass at the moment as a fragrance. So like I have about four lemongrass candles in my bathroom, put some music on (laughs) and then take my makeup off. Um, And then I'll have like a similar skincare routine um, to take my makeup off, probably a bit more involved. I might add a mask or a serum. Um, And then, yeah, I'll get into bed with a book on my phone and then go to sleep. (laughs) That sounds lovely. And do you feel pressure to look a certain way? I think I do. 
but I think the the pressure I feel has changed a bit. So when I was younger, I was a very insecure teenager. I had lots of acne and I was um, the other for the most part. I grew up in a super white, like suburban, um, uh, like city, um, not even a city, a town. So I often felt like I wasn't I wasn't the standard of beauty by any stretch of the imagination. So I often felt pressure to look different to how I actually looked, right? Um, And it often felt quite heavy and um, quite anxiety-inducing, I think. Um, And it it wasn't like a fun time. I was a very stressed teenager. And then I think as I grew up, I still felt the pressure to look a certain way, but it wasn't to look like something other than who I was. It was more so to... um, I guess, garner the right perception in a weird way. So I often find that depending on how I present or how I'm dressed, I'm treated slightly differently or I garner a slightly different response. Like I change my hair a lot. So um, sometimes I have like a really long wig um, and I want wearing like a pair of tight jeans and a tight tank top and the way that I'm treated um in that circumstance is totally different to if I've got my short natural hair and I've got a hoodie on and a pair of trainers um so sometimes I feel the pressure to dress into certain environments like to 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 be presentable I guess um which which yeah I think I'm growing out of and it'd be nice to grow out of but I think we're all kind of human in that way especially in very subconscious ways everybody wants to be seen and be received positively and sometimes subconsciously that affects the way that I think I put myself together for sure yeah I can definitely relate to like dressing one way and being perceived one way and then yeah, it's always like this balance of like, do I want to look prettier or do I want to like look, I don't know, like the like cool. Yeah, cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. And have you always, like, obviously clothing and garments are very important to you. Have you kind of always interacted with them as a form of self expression and kind of like use them as a tool for that? For sure. Yeah, I think for sure. When I was younger, it was almost like an armor for me, I think. Like I didn't feel ready to go out into the world unless I had like a cool outfit on. I used to like do colored braids and just like it was my like, yeah, my armor to face the world. Uh, Now I'm older, I think it's definitely more of a free flowing form of creative expression. I dress for my mood. So if I'm feeling just like comfy and cool, I'll put something loose on. If I'm feeling like I want to give off like boss energy, then I'll put on something tight. I'll maybe put a wig on. So, so yeah, I love it. Like it is a real form of creativity for me. Even beauty and makeup, it's just such a, it's such a big source of creativity for me. Yeah. I think it's interesting too, because it's like hearing you describe that, it's like I do the same thing. And it's like, sometimes I'm like, no, I don't want any attention. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm feeling cute today. And I'm always struggling. I'm like, is that internal or is that external? Like, what the fuck? Like, where is this coming from? And it's so hard to discern that it's like, I don't think it's a black and white answer, but it's like, yeah, like, am I dressing for someone else? Or is it like, am I dressing because I feel good in myself? So like, this is how I'm deciding to express myself today. I think, yeah, I think it's a mix. It's so such a mix. Like 
because it's always like if you think about when you're going on a date for instance I always veer towards like okay shall I dress pretty as opposed to like dress cool because maybe the cool might overwhelm a little bit so like I'll lean towards pretty and it's like I want to dress pretty don't get me wrong but I'm also probably dressing pretty because of the audience like you know new man on the scene so Yeah. yeah it's definitely a mix but like my favorite outfits are outfits that I'm like, oh, my boyfriend's going to fucking hate this. Actually, he'll, he'd like it. But like a typical dude would be like, no, thanks. Really? Like, this is amazing. I look like a boy. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And you don't have to share this if it's too early, if it's too early on. But what what's like the inspiration behind the line, like the clothing you're doing for kind regards? Yeah, Um I I can share a bit in that my motivating design ethos is like clothes that are as comfy as they are chic. So I have this like big, not issue, but I'm like over the like tech bro widget style Everlane fashion, if you like, like <laughs> fashion that almost looks like an algorithm, you know, like it's like everything's like clean and like just just copy and paste fashion is what I call it to my friends um and I shop Everlane don't get me wrong like it served an amazing purpose in my wardrobe but um for me that's not really like chic it's not fashion fashion you know so I'm really excited to I guess combine the comfort of what those um basic style companies are trying to do with old school good old-fashioned like chic fashion if if you know what I mean um so that's definitely like the duality I'm trying to strike especially because like I dress for comfort like all of the time um as I've grown older I've got like way less tolerance for just being uncomfortable in my clothing so comfort is a huge huge um is hugely important but not to a detriment of like the style and the feel Mm -hmm. that sounds great excited to see what you come up with um and does the term age appropriate mean anything to you it's funny I went glasses shopping with my mum last weekend and we were trying on different glasses and my mum's quite like young she like prides herself on feeling youthful whatever that means and um she put on some glasses and I was like oh that's super cool and she was like I don't think it's very age appropriate and I was thinking there's no such thing what does that mean? Like, what does that actually mean? Like, by her own admissions, she doesn't feel her age, whatever feeling your age is. Um, so therefore, there isn't anything that is age appropriate. Like, um, so yeah, I think what it means to me is that it doesn't mean much. It's kind of a term that exists to make older or younger women feel like they can't experiment with different styles and different forms of self-expression if an older woman wants to wear a mini skirt some might say that's not age appropriate but that's according to what the patriarchy or like boring people who is making that rule (laughs) so so yeah I say that it's meaningless (laughs) yeah I have this conversation with my mom often I mean she doesn't believe in the term she doesn't believe in the term age appropriate, but she, like, we share, like, wear similar clothes, we like similar things, and sometimes she'll wear something amazing and say, oh, I don't know if I, like, can wear this. I'm like, why, 
why couldn't you? Like, where are you? Look amazing. Um, uh, but yeah, I think I think it's changing. Um, it's just, you know, I think people are always afraid of judgment. Like, am I trying to look young? Am I trying to look like older? Yeah. Yeah. And I think this happens with women in all, like any way they express themselves, whether it's work, beauty, opinions, someone always has, someone always wants to put the guardrails down and say, that's not feminine or that's not appropriate or that's not right. Um, And yeah, I'm just more and more excited for women to say, you know, you can do one, you can F off with the guardrails. I'm going to express what feels true to me, Mm -hmm. Uh, whether it's age appropriate or size appropriate or like, you know, me appropriate or or not yeah I think that's what was it like coming to my head when you were talking about like being a girl boss it's like rather than focusing on the accomplishments of these women we're like degrading them to be like well she's got a cute husband she has two kids she has a nice house it's like why the fuck do I care like I don't know where Steve Jobs lived like I assume it was super cool but I don't know, I don't, I know nothing about his personal life and nor am I interested in knowing that. Whereas like successful females in business, I'm like, I could name your kids if I wanted to. Yeah. And there's something that's so harrowing about that. Like why do successful women have to like open their entire lives up almost to become more like relatable? Like, oh, I may be, you know, successful or a millionaire or a billionaire, but look at my two little cute kids and oh my kitchen's messy sometimes like it's always this need to like dumb down or like be palatable yes in a way yeah if they're like tough they're a bitch like all of those kind of like almost tropes at this point but exactly and if you could share advice with your younger self what would that be I think it would be to follow her curiosity a bit more um so I think when you're younger you a everything feels like the end of the world um and b most of those things that you think are the end of the world are a result of what other people outside of you are saying it's never like what you want to do it's like what the kids at school are going to say what your mum is going to say or what your crush is going to say um and I wasn't able to be that self-defined as a young person I wasn't able to say this is what I'm curious about. So I'm going to go after that. So I'd encourage her where possible to kind of shed the outside voices and the outside expectations where she could and think more about what she wanted and pursue the things that she wanted and figure out if she liked them because she liked them, not because everyone else likes them, but uh, you know, because she liked them and, and yeah, just encourage her to, to move forward with that and follow the things that make her feel good. And what makes you feel beautiful? What makes me feel beautiful? I think being really comfortable makes me feel quite beautiful. Um, So whether that's comfort with another person, being seen for who you are, whether that's feeling actually comfortable, like in my clothing or in my environment, in my body, in my surroundings, I think there is a beauty in just being able to exhale and be yourself and be seen for yourself. And I think in those moments where um, I feel comfortable and almost like held by a person or or an environment is when I feel most beautiful, right? Unselfconscious, basically. Mm -hmm, For sure. And do you think there's a point where we stop growing and learning? 
No, I don't think so. And I think there should be a point where we stop growing and learning. I think, um, you know, I'm so interested. I'm only interested in interacting with people or ideas that make my world bigger every single day. Anything that makes my world smaller, I don't want in my life. Um, and I think that kind of attitude um, is within most of us and stays with most of us, no matter what age we are. So, so yeah, I think we should all be kind of students of life forever. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Chape and we are so excited to see what she creates with, continues to create with kind regards and also to see her first collection of flowers. Yes, we're so excited to see where Kind Regards goes. Uh, if you're not already following Chape, you can follow her at Chape Delano on Instagram and at kindregards.co uh, and make sure to subscribe to the podcast because we'll be back with more soon. <laughs>